Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 140 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you to talk more Knicks and NBA as always. This week on the show, the Knicks free fall continues. A couple of really really rough losses uh, between uh, the two Philly games over the last few days. We're not going to go over them. Uh, (laughs) I mean... Uh, we've done it enough. We know what this Knicks team is. It's not going to get any better. I thought about it. I thought about, you know, dissecting it a little bit this week. Um, this this doesn't feel like a week to do that. I mean, it was just the, the Sixers are a better team. Um, I know the guys on our, on our website, uh, the great writers we have, postingandtoasting.com, we're, we're talking about, you know, Deuce McBride getting a little bit of playing time. It, it doesn't really matter. I, I, I hate to say that, but... It's a positive, right? I mean, I get it from that perspective. But other than that, you know, the Knicks just were, were poor in the second half of both games. That's really it. This We know what this Knicks team is at this point. The Knicks are, what, 12 games now below 500. Um, I really, to be honest with you, seriously considered talking draft. I hate to even say that. On the show this week because a few people were asking me. Uh, so I did check. I mean, right now the Knicks would get the 10th pick, I believe, in the first round of the draft. Um, and I don't want to talk about it. I want to wait. <laughs> I want to extend it at least another week before we talk any draft. Uh, just because uh, it's too early. Like, so many guys. Like they're, they're, I really have two reasons, right? Number one. I'm upset with where the Knicks are at, and I just don't want to talk about it first week of March, uh, you know, but, but you know, the NCAA tournament's coming up, and uh, that's when a lot of these guys are going to shine, so that's the second part, which is so many things can change, really, with the draft over the next month. I mean, right now, you see a guy out, out of Purdue, like a Jaden Ivey, who could go number two or number one, maybe even, 
uh, in the draft, that might not be the case in another month or two. Things can change, or you know, could could be the same thing. You know, Jaden Ivey's a really good player, but a lot of things can change. March Madness can change things when it comes to the draft board. So I'm kind of waiting to see how that all comes together. Uh, you know, the positive has been seeing my my Seton Hall Pirates surging over the last few weeks and uh looks like they're going to be there they're going to be in the dance so i'm excited about that but other than that uh with with nick's basketball hasn't been great um (laughs) no but in all in all seriousness that that's the reason right i had i had a few people um like i said reach out to me this week ask about some draft stuff because you guys love you guys love draft you guys love some draft, and I and I respect it. I do too. I enjoy talking about it on this show. The numbers reflect that. You guys love talking NBA draft. It's one of the um, it's one of the things that gets people to listen to this podcast the most. I must say that free agency and then the Knicks playing well, like those tend to be the three big things that get people to listen to this podcast. Um, Fourth is probably the Knicks not doing well and, and me, maybe getting a potential rant out of yours truly. But other than that, um, that's the thing. You know, the you guys love draft. So I, I want to give it to you, but I, just, I think it's a little too early. I feel like the stuff I would tell you now would be very much subject to change. I mean, right now, I'll, I'll just say this. Knicks are picking 10th in the first round, and I believe they have the... I think they've only have one second round pick right now. I think they have the they have the 40th pick overall. So they've got the 10th pick of the second round. So that's really it. You know, that's really that's really all I can say. I mean, obviously I'd want the Knicks to be looking point guard, but the the list is just so it's so it's fluctuating so much right now that it's really difficult to say where I would I would see the Knicks going right now. So I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to wait a few weeks and unless, unless there's a huge uproar for it next week, but I really, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks. And then what, when we get into the thick of March madness, that's when we can kind of start talking about it because you're, you're going to start seeing some stars, right? You know, March madness. And as someone who loves college basketball, I don't always like to hear this, but you know, most people don't pay attention to college basketball until right about now. <laughs> like, people don't pay attention in the in, in the United States to college basketball heavily until you know late February. You know, mid to late February, the Super Bowl's done. You know, and then college basketball tends to get center stage close to the end of February. Right, NBA gets a little bit of shine because of the All Star All Star Weekend in the middle of February and then anyone that hasn't already jumped on the college hoops bandwagon is right in time for, you know, bubble season teams on the bubble who's in, who's out, you know, and then March you get the conference tournaments and then the big, the big one March madness. So all that is going to change a lot of these mock drafts, a lot of these rankings. So we'll wait it out. We'll wait it out. All I know is, you know, if the Knicks keep losing, they might improve, on that 10th pick, but not by much, not by much. The Knicks are not going to be picking in the top five. They're going to probably be picking, in my estimation, you know, based on who's in front of them, the likes of Sacramento, San Antonio, Portland, Indiana, 
the Knicks are probably going to be picking somewhere between 8th and 10th. That's probably what's going to happen. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, I mean, the Knicks could pick 12th. That's also a possibility. If they catch Washington, uh, for example, they could move down a spot. But for right now, the way the Knicks are playing, it's just not going to happen. So that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at on that front. Um, I'll just say one thing about the Philly game. Uh, the one in particular with James Harden the other night, Philly looks pretty legit with James Harden in the starting lineup. Now it's one game. Let's be very clear about that one game. And it's against a Knicks team that is in huge disarray, massive disarray. This is not a Knicks team from three months ago where that might've looked like a better win. This is a team that is in free fall. The Knicks have lost. What is it now? Knicks have lost six in a row and they've lost 10 of their last 11 and oh my god this goes all the way back to the Charlotte loss um Knicks have Knicks have won three of their last oh my god bear with me 7 11 12 15 Knicks are 3 and 12 in their last 15 games since the loss to Charlotte, uh, was it Charlotte? Charlotte, I think, right? Yeah, they lost to Charlotte at the Garden back on, what was what date was this? Oh my gosh. Simpler times. Uh, January 17th. Oh, since January 17th. This is almost two months now. The Knicks are 3-12. and 12. At the time when they lost this game, the Knicks were at 500. They were 22 and 22. And since that loss, the Knicks have lost 2 of 14. Sorry, they've won 2 of 14. They've lost 14 of 16 since this game. Or I guess 12 of 14. It's rough. It's been as rough as it gets for a team that should have been competitive. But... It is what it is. This this has now been almost for two months that the Knicks have been in complete freefall. And I'll, I'll say this, last thing I'll talk about, because there's really not much else to talk about right now with the Knicks, but the Knicks' wins during that time are actually <laughs> somewhat impressive. They beat the Clippers, although they were undermanned, the Kings, and then the Warriors. But it's the only, the really impressive one's obviously a fully... Uh, locked in and healthy Golden State. That was impressive, but you know, it's just a it's and it was at Golden State, by the way. They won at Golden State, and at the time you're thinking, oh, is that the one? Is that the one where the Knicks turn it around and they haven't won since? Knicks have lost six straight, and uh, the last three in particular since the All Star break ended have been ugly. So. Knicks did not come out of the break with any pizzazz. They played the Suns on the day the podcast goes out on the Friday. I mean, last time I said this, the Knicks won, but there's no way they're beating the Suns. There's no way. Surely not. I mean, to be fair, the last time I said that about Golden State, obviously they (laughs) ended up winning, but there's no way. The Knicks are not going to go to Phoenix and win. It's just, it's going to continue to get worse. And uh, heck, even if they do win, I'm sure they'll blow a 28 point lead to the next team they play. And that will be that. So, Knicks are 12 games under, 500. Uh, when you look at the standings, again, I mean, 
again, the Knicks aren't winning any games, but the Knicks are still in it as far as the play-in. They're only four and a half back, but it's it's going to get worse. I mean, they're not catching Atlanta. They're not catching Charlotte. So we'll see. Knicks have the worst losing streak right now um, in the East and the second worst in the NBA. The only team that has a worse losing streak right now has been the the kings of losing streaks not sacramento uh it's houston rockets have lost 11 straight since it looked like they had figured it out uh, <laughs> a few months back so it, it continues to be tough on the knicks the future for tibbs continues to be in limbo nothing's really changed on that front uh worldwide west and leon rose and scott perry in this front office nothing's changed um publicly so there's really not much else to say about the knicks right now it's a situation where it's really just about at this point i hate to say it but it it really is you know where are the knicks going to pick in the draft you know the 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 play-in is basically done there's no way that the knicks are going to get there if they keep playing like this and there's no evidence um that they're going to turn it around so and you wonder you know because again mathematically the knicks are still very much in it you know but are they going to actually have the heart to to be in a fight for the play-in you know i I don't see it i don't see it every once in a while i'll get a text saying you know someone says hey you know you never know you never know to be fair there's a lot of games left there's a whole month of games left where things things could change but the knicks have have only won three of their last 15 games i mean i just i don't see it happening now last thing i'll say about it is crazier things have happened you know you see teams sometimes in a regular season find it randomly you know something changes behind the scenes a locker room talk a players only meeting you know the front office getting involved somehow and fortunes change you know a team figures it out they re-find it again but barring that this next season is over you know it's gotten to the point where you're asking a lot of a group of guys that it just seems are as disconnected as they've ever been under this uh, under this head coach under this front office and uh it's hard to imagine the knicks rattling off six straight wins eight straight wins you know i they can't even win a game right now they can't hold on to a lead when they get it you know they let it they led against philly the other night they had somewhat of, a, of control over the game, but I never for once thought they were going to win. You can't. You can't think that way right now. It's impossible. With the way the Knicks have, have coughed up leads, it, it's just not happening at the moment. So we'll see. I mean, as always, you know, let me know what you think. Most of the feedback when I ask this question has been, you know, what I what I've been saying. So... I feel like most of you are in my camp as far as where the Knicks stand and and your level of frustration, and rightfully so. I mean, like I said, every once in a while I'll get a message talking about being positive and the, there's a lot of games left, but not many. 
<laughs> oh, not many at all. Very much uh, on the negative side. And it has to. It, 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 Nick, Nick fans have every right to be frustrated. Every right. You know? Now, some, I, I, some I've, I've gotten more of a mix of, you know, well, I saw this coming. Eh. The, those I go, ah. I don't know about that. Hindsight's always 2020, you know? Because I was I was excited. I've admitted this multiple times how excited I was at the beginning of this season. And it, it just hasn't materialized. I think it's very clear over the last month in particular. I mean, this has been happening since January, but February in particular highlighted the, the Knicks issues. And they have never been able to recover. Simple as that. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, we'll talk, we'll talk draft maybe in a week or two. You know, I, I'm, I'm still waiting on, I want to see, you know, I'd like to see a bracket, <laughs> you know, before, before I talk draft. And and I want, you know, what I mean is I want the, I want March Madness to start before we really start to, to dive into prospects and, and things like that. Now, if you guys want me to talk college hoops on this podcast, I don't need a second invitation. We can talk college hoops. I did a college hoops podcast for years, but, um, We'll talk more about that in con- in the context of the draft once we get a little bit more into March Madness and the, and the NCAA tournament. That's when we can really start to pinpoint where people might go, whose stock is high, which teams are a little interested in so and so, and who are the standout prospects. You know, whether it's for the top top end of the draft where the Knicks will be picking. All of those good things. And a few, you know, a few sleepers, a few guys to watch out for as we normally like to go to on this show. So again, let me know what you think about the Knicks, the draft. Uh, you can start letting me know what your thoughts are on the draft and uh, who the Knicks will decide to take that's not a point guard this time around. And uh, we can all, we can start chopping that up over the next few weeks and later on in the month. So uh, before we take the break, I do want to, I mean, most of this podcast, I do want to talk about the NBA and the current situation with, uh, you know, go, go more into the state of the NBA going in towards a playoff push and because we talked All-Star Weekend last week and and, uh, and things of that nature, but I, but I did want to get a little bit more into the playoff push because it's, it's getting interesting. It really is. I wanted to start by dissecting Philly a little bit more. Um... And then we'll move on to the rest of the East and the West for this week's show. The Philly's interesting to me right now. And again, we got we got a very good look at them up close and personal over the last week, uh, as far as Knicks fans are concerned. But only one of the games for me really stood out. I mean, I, I really wanted to see what James Harden looked like playing with Joel Embiid, playing with Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and the rest of the Sixers group, you know, and, you know, again, it's one game. I guess I need to reiterate again against a Nick team that is, that couldn't be in more disarray if they tried to right now, although I won't tempt fate. Um, and they were impressive. They were. I, I liked what I saw from James Harden in particular, and the Philly looks dangerous, potentially if James Harden can figure this out consistently I mean Joel Embiid you know as much as we you know people knock him for certain things he says and I've been one of them over the years especially with the Ben Simmons situation I didn't think he handled that very well but he's a freak athlete I mean I think it's very clear that he is a 
you know, close to being in that unicorn type category in the NBA. He does things that are very rare for his size. His ability to dribble the ball, his mobility, and his athleticism around the rim defensively in particular is extremely impressive to watch. And I'm going to be very curious to see in the playoffs how that relationship is going to work out between him and James Harden because when it's you know when it's time to go you know the Sixers have always needed a closer is Harden that guy because now you all all of a sudden the Harden haters have come back out and it's like well does he close enough in the postseason? It, you know what? It's it's a logical. It's it's a it's a good question. It's a good question. Track record's been iffy for Harden in the postseason. He's going to be relied on quite a bit for Philly to make the big plays in the close games down the stretch, and that's a lot of responsibility. It really is, especially in a city like Philly, to be that guy and. Because Embiid, as as much as he can get you a bucket late because of his injuries and because of his position, you need a closer. And James Harden is expected now to be that guy. It's not going to be Tobias Harris. I don't know if it's going to be a Tyrese Maxey. Not this season. How is that going to work out for Philly? We'll have to see. I want to. I got to take a break here. We're out of time for the first segment, but. We'll talk more about this and the rest of the picture around the NBA going into the playoffs next. So we'll take a break. More after this on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show. Apologies for getting a little clunky there at the end of the first half, but we do have to get our ad breaks in, so... Had to take care of business uh, there. But let's just pick up because I I do want to talk Western Conference and the state of the West right now a little bit uh, closer. As as we, you know, it's getting getting towards that time of the year right now where it's getting very close to the debt, to the getting close to, I should say, the home stretch, you know, playoff positioning. And I I really wanted to spend a lot of time going through multiple contenders this week because I feel like. A lot of podcasts, we get to the bare minimum sometimes, and we don't always get to dive fully in. And I, and I was a little ashamed because I was hoping the Knicks would be in this conversation when we finally fully dove in, and obviously, uh, well, mathematically they are, but they're they're really out of it. So, But we talked Philly last segment, and I was just so interested about the James Harden conundrum, right? Can he get it done in the postseason, right? I mean, he's been to an NBA Finals with OKC, but... He was, you know, a third wheel on that team. Now, a very important player, no question about it. The, the, the Thunder don't get to the finals that year without the contributions of James Harden. But since then, when he's been the guy on a team, you know, Houston, to be specific, it has not gone well. And James Harden, you know, this is probably the most damning thing about his career right now. He has not been back to an NBA Finals since that year with OKC. What was it? What was it? 2013, when they lost to Miami. 
it'll be 10 years if he doesn't make it this year. So that's a long drought to be actually, sorry, technically nine after this year. But going into 2023, now that's, again, almost a decade without another NBA Finals appearance. And that's what, you know, that's what's going to be looked back on. You know, when you don't get it done. One of the things I worry about with a guy like Chris Paul, who got there last year and couldn't get it done, is is his career going to be defined if he doesn't get a ring? You know, that was one of the reasons I was kind of rooting for him last year. Last year kind of felt like the chance, you know. Now, to be fair, it's looking pretty good for Phoenix right now. I mean, Golden State's the biggest threat in the West, but... Phoenix could take anybody, I think, in the East this year. I really don't see any major challengers. So they'll be favored. They'll be the favorites, I think, if they get there again, Phoenix. But it's it's James Harden as well. We kind of look at where he's been in his career. And, and again, you look at the way he left things in Brooklyn as well. He was never healthy, you know, so he never really made the full contribution on that super team. You know, and, and to be fair, we'll get to Brooklyn in a second, but we haven't even seen them with Ben Simmons. So I, I have no idea what they're going to look like. I mean, it's completely up in the air on Brooklyn. When Kevin Durant gets healthy, they're going to figure it out. I, I don't see Brooklyn ending up in the play-in unless it gets a little tight down the stretch. But they're, they got some they got some kinks to work out. Brooklyn with Ben Simmons is in there surely they're going to try to get him ready for the playoffs I mean Ben Simmons has said he will be back to play so at least at least that's what it seems like publicly so what's that going to look like number one how are Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant going to play together I'm very curious remember when when the move was first made Harden for Simmons with the other pieces involved, Seth Curry, um, Andre Drummond, you know, and picks. One of the major thoughts on it was, well, could Ben Simmons play the five? With this Brooklyn team, you would allow Blake Griffin, who, when he's been in his prime and, and been at his best, is more of a four. You get a little bit bigger and then Ben Simmons kind of becomes this super versatile passing big man inside. And you really try to go after Ben Simmons' strengths, which are passing the ball and rebounding the basketball. Those are the things that Ben Simmons does the best and defensively, right? As a big man, Ben Simmons can defend multiple positions, multiple sizes. It's a very interesting one because Brooklyn doesn't have a ton of depth that's solid in the front court. I'm very curious to see if that's going to happen because as much as I think Ben Simmons would be okay at the point guard position with Brooklyn, I don't know if that makes Brooklyn a title contender. That's kind of where I sat on it when the trade happened. And until I see otherwise, it's kind of the the place I'm sitting here because, it, and honestly, when I, when I first saw the trade had happened, my, my first thought for both teams, and I shared this on the podcast, was, did anybody get closer there to winning a championship? I don't know. 
it's a it was tr- it's tricky to say philly with james harden have made a statement you know they've they've gotten a big win against a nick team you know that is where it is right now but we've now seen that it, it, there's something there you know I'm curious when we're going to have that moment with Ben Simmons. When is he going to have that moment where we go, huh, Brooklyn was on the right track with this. And it's going to come down to when Kevin Durant and everybody gets healthy, right? When's everyone going to be healthy for Brooklyn? That's going to be the story for two reasons, right? And I picked Brooklyn, by the way, to win the championship before the season started. There's multiple things at play here. One, when is Ben Simmons going to get healthy? One, when is Kevin? Two, when is Kevin Durant going to get healthy? And three, when is Kyrie going to either get his crap together or be lucked out by the mandates being lifted in New York? Because until they play together consistently. I don't know how this is going to look. Because Kyrie can play the two. He'd be undersized, but he can play the two. His handles are off the charts. He can get up shots quickly. But I, I think it's more likely that Ben Simmons would play the five a little bit more. Kyrie would do what he normally does. And then you have KD at the three or the four, just absolutely ripping it from deep. So, I'm curious. I mean, the the East has so many question marks like this, you know? The Bulls. The Bulls right now. You know, where do, where do they fall in this? It, it's It's gone back and forth for me with the Bulls. I mean, again, I saw early. For me, it didn't take me very, it didn't take me very long to realize, oh, go, oh gosh, the Bulls are going to be good this year. I think I was five games in. I was talking to some people through Clubhouse, and I was just like, Guys, the Bulls. I mean, <laughs> the Bulls are legit. They 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 look like they're going to be in the mix. They've been they've been great, especially at home. One of the best home records in the league. Twenty four and nine this year at home. They've been you know a little bit of a rough patch lately. Bit up and down. They've lost two straight, but but the Bulls are the Bulls are probably going to be a top four seed, uh, barring a a drastic turn of events in March. The, the Bulls are going to be a top four seed. I, I just don't see that i don't see them letting that slip but to be fair if philly gets it going a little bit if milwaukee gets it going a little bit it's possible the bulls drop but i don't i don't think they drop below four i i think they're probably going to be the fourth seed if not maybe the three i think there'll be three or four worst case scenarios what i'm trying to say but what is their ceiling in the playoffs that's kind of where i'm at because i look around right now in the east i think philly just made a big time statement with james harden i think you can't count out milwaukee i really don't i I really don't think you can so philly milwaukee then i think you gotta go miami they've won eight of their last 10 and the tough thing with the heat is they're just as good on the road as they are at home. They they are very, very good away from home this season. And then it's Brooklyn. Then it's Brooklyn. Whatever Brooklyn looks like, <laughs> you know? 
Because the, the tough part is, right, and I, and I said this a little while ago, the tough part is, th- this is why we're really waiting with bated breath to see what happens when they get healthy. Brooklyn's a game above 500 right now. And the longer that KD is out, the longer that Ben Simmons is out, the longer that Kyrie can't play home games, the more likely it will be that Brooklyn might have to play in the play-in. And we saw what happened with the Lakers last year. Playing as no bueno for teams trying to make big, deep runs in the NBA playoffs. The Lakers fell apart in the first round against Phoenix. Absolutely crumbled. And by the way, that was a Phoenix team at the time with Chris Paul in and out of the lineup. He was hurt for most of that series. And the Lakers still were thoroughly outplayed for most of the series. Because they, they crumbled. They fell apart. And they had injuries as well at the end. But the damage had been done. They, they, they ran out of gas. I don't think Brooklyn's in any shape to play extra games right now. If they can help it. They want to be right into the playoffs. But the problem is... The Boston Celtics are 10 games above 500. And they are currently... Four and a half up on the Nets for that sixth playoff spot. And heck, Brooklyn's three back of Toronto, who are in seventh. So Brooklyn, again, there's a lot of chance for them to figure this out. But the longer this goes on, the steeper the task is going to be for the Brooklyn Nets. And that is going to really open the door. For the Miami Heat, for the Milwaukee Bucks, and for the Philadelphia 76ers to be the favorites in the East. If they aren't already. I think people are waiting a little bit on on the Heat. I know they're first right now, but I think people are kind of waiting on them to, to really... To, to kind of do it again in the playoffs. This has been so interesting with Miami all year. Miami's been kind of interesting all year because... They've been good all year, Miami. You know, they've kind of been right there all year in the top four of the East. But it's almost like people are so hung up on that sweep against the Bucks from last year that they're not giving Eric Spolstra the, the just do he get he should get and deserves. And they're kind of waiting for the heat to crumble. This is not last year's heat. It just isn't. They've improved the personnel. They've got a little bit of that heat culture back that everyone always rants and raves about down in Miami. They will be a threat. I mean, there's no question about it, especially if they get home court in the first round, which, again, all, unless they collapse, they've got a four-and-a-half game lead on the, on the Cavs, who were in fifth. The Heat are going to get home court. They will be very dangerous. I, I, I see people all the time some, like exclude the Heat sometimes from these conversations about the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference. You cannot exclude them. The Miami Heat are going to be involved in these conversations for probably a decent chunk of the playoffs. They'll be right there. So it's going to be very interesting, very interesting indeed, to see how this all plays out. 
The West is also very intriguing around those play, those spots, you know, around the seven through 10, six and uh, six, three through six, seven through 10, you know, because we know what the top two basically is going to be. Now, to be fair, Golden State's been through a little bit of a rough patch. They've, they've lost six of the last 10. However, despite the fact that Memphis has made up a lot of ground during that time, they're a half game back. I still think Golden State is probably going to be the two seed in the West, barring, again, this continuing. But I, Golden State will start winning games again. They're too good not to. Phoenix has got a seven-game lead, by the way, for the number one seed. And the number one overall seed, let me actually I should double-check that, they've got an even bigger lead on on the teams from the east so it's really just down to them and golden state they've got a seven game lead on golden state for the top seed in in the playoffs so phoenix is sitting pretty right now the 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 playoffs are likely gonna gonna run through the desert so it's it's golden state and memphis fighting for the two spot it's utah trying to hold off dallas and denver for the four spot and then it's just fascinating after that seven through ten even 7 through 12 in the West. Fascinating. It really is. The The Timberwolves are in 7th. I don't think anybody saw that coming when the season started. The biggest surprise, arguably in the entire league for me, has been the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. I did not think they'd get anywhere near potentially being in the playoffs. I, I didn't think they'd even be in the play in, let alone the playoffs. And they're 2.5 out of the 6th spot. And they're in seventh. They're comfortably in right now. They have a nine-game lead. I should say an eight-and-a-half-game lead on the Portland Trailblazers, who are in 11th. They're they're basically, you know, barring a massive month collapse, the Minnesota Timberwolves will be in the play-in, bare minimum. It's remarkable. And it's more remarkable of who they're ahead of. I I mean, (laughs) that might be... The craziest thing. They're two. They're a game and a half up on the Clippers, who are in eighth, and have won four in a row. By the way, the Clippers were in much worse, uh, much more dire straits a week ago. They've won four in a row, and they're trying to get back to, to winning ways here. But the Lakers are in ninth. They've lost three straight. They are currently, at the moment, Six games back of the Minnesota Timberwolves for seventh. And this this is just jarring to me. They're eight and a half back of Denver for the final play in spot a playoff spot guarantee. And actually I think this is the most damning. The Portland Trailblazers, who are in eleventh, they are two and a half games back of the Lakers. The Lakers are closer to being out of the playoffs completely more than they are to the sixth seed. It is more likely right now that the Lakers completely miss the playoffs and the play-in than it is for them to get the sixth spot. It's remarkable. It really is. This experiment with Russell Westbrook... And these young pieces that they've tried to fit in has not worked. And honestly, 
some some of you might already be getting the pitchforks out for Russell Westbrook. For me, this actually is 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 more of an indictment, I think, on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They can't stay on the court. LeBron James and more surprisingly, somehow, Anthony Davis cannot stay healthy. They can't do it. That's the problem. This Laker team all season has not been able to stay on the court. So we have not seen enough of them at full strength. And they are going through the exact same thing the Nets are going through, except they're in worse shape because the Lakers actually could miss everything. They could be, they could miss the play-in. They could miss everything postseason entirely. It's very possible. You know, New Orleans is right there. They're two and a half back. Or they're a game and a half back of of the Lakers. Portland is two and a half back, and the Spurs are still in this. They're two back of the Pelicans, who are in tenth, and they're three and a half back of the Lakers. So there are there are three teams here that could conceivably make this very difficult on on the Lakers right now. Because right now, because of this win streak the Clippers have been on, Clippers are four and a half up on on the Lakers. They're fine. Feeling good. And again, the Clippers are very similar. They've been without most of their stars all year. They've missed Kawhi the whole season, and Paul George has been out for most of the season. So this has been a very, very difficult year for star-studded big threes and, you know, super teams. It's been pretty rough. It's been pretty rough. So we'll wait to see. Right now, it is hard to bet on the Lakers being there when the playoffs start. They got to go through the play-in, and if the Clippers are in the play-in and they're at full strength or close to it, Boy, let me tell you, let me tell you, crazy things could potentially be happening with the Lakers and in Los Angeles in general, between the Clippers and the Lakers. Wild stuff. And by the way, Portland, wow. Even without Damian Lillard, they've stayed in it. It's remarkable. And they traded CJ McCollum. They they blew it up. Portland blew it up and they're still in it. It's remarkable. Really is. We'll see if they can keep it up. San Antonio. Still in the mix with what they lost during the offseason. Fair play. Fair play to San Antonio. Really has been remarkable. I don't think they're going to get in the play-in, but to still have a shot this late, I think they would have taken that 100%. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Let me know who you think the contenders are. Who's going to figure it out first? I mean, Lakers, Nets, Clippers... Let me know what you think. And obviously, as always, let me know your thoughts on the Knicks. Have a great week. Thanks for 140 phenomenal episodes. And I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.